Hey folks, welcome to the Aspire Natural Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tim Gerstmar. At Aspire Natural Health, we are experts at treating gut dysfunctions, autoimmune diseases, and other hard-to-treat cases. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you a range of interesting, informative, and yes, entertaining podcasts. All right, folks, without further ado, let's get to the show. Hey folks, it's Dr. Gersmar with Aspire Natural Health. I am excited today. I get to sit down with Dr. Bill Weber, a chiropractor at Health Source Chiropractic uh, in Kirkland. Um, as some of you may have heard, my uh, front desk, my super assistant, um, and she's given me permission to share this, um, got into a car accident not too long ago. Uh, they It was a rainy day. Uh, they slowed down. The car behind them did not slow down, uh, so hit them and uh, caused some issues for her and the rest of her family. She sought out a chiropractor with a proven track record and someone she knew, and uh, they found Dr. Bill, and Lorelai has been raving about uh, the care that she's getting and how well it's worked for her family. So I wanted to arrange a time uh, to talk with Bill about chiropractic, a subject we haven't covered yet on this show, um, but a, a very valuable uh, component of healthcare, and uh, just for a little history out there, um, we have a lot as naturopaths. We have a lot to thank the chiropractors for. Um, I'm not going to go into the big history, but in short, you know, my profession, naturopathic medicine, really got its start in the the early 1900s. I think about 1908 was when um, the profession really first got started, um, and then. All the alternative fields really went into a tough time after the 1940s when uh, the American Medical Association was going after basically anyone and everyone. Um, The naturopathic profession mostly shut down along with a lot of herbalists and other fields. And the only real alternative uh, uh, profession that really was able to weather that storm was the chiropractic field. Um, For a number of years, especially in the 40s and into the 50s um, and even into the early 60s, um, my profession stayed alive pretty much solely thanks to the chiropractors who sort of folded it into some of their schools at the time before naturopathic medicine kind of separated into the late 60s and 70s and kind of resumed again. So we have a lot to thank the chiropractors for um, for our existence today. And I find that chiropractic is a field that's, that's pretty well misunderstood by the average person out there. So I wanted to get Dr. Bill on today um, to talk quite a bit about it and how we got into chiropractic. So let me introduce you, Dr. Bill. So thank you for coming today. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Tim, for Uh, the invitation. Absolutely. So you've been doing chiropractic for just a couple of years now, huh? One or two. Just, yep. You were saying, what is it, 30... Uh, it'll be 37 or 36 years going on 37, 37 at this years. time. Okay. So you've been at it for quite a while. So things have definitely, as far as people's sort of acceptance and understanding of, of non-conventional medicine has, has changed quite a bit in that time, huh? During that duration, there's yeah. been a lot of uh, evolving of our profession. There sure. has been uh, a lot of... Uh, the uh, dealing with the uh, when I first came into business in the early '80s, there right. was a suit between the American Chiropractic Association and and the AMA. So right. there was a lot of conflict at that point that was resolved, and we won a national uh, case at that time, and a lot of validity to chiropractic being accepted at that time. Right. Right. Um, prior to that, a lot of it was just cash on a cash basis, and sure. so chiropractic was delivered. Uh, separate from the insurance right. uh, industry, and then right. in the '80s, it was uh, began to be in, involved in that. And sure. then, of course, the whole in, uh, insurance industry evolving into yours, mine, and everybody right. else's right. Um, lives. 
uh, it has changed the whole, um, not just chiropractic, but the whole medical industry at this time. Sure, so. sure. I mean, you know, I, I don't know that the average person recognizes that, that the care that's delivered is shaped by the insurance industry. So obviously, in a perfect world, it goes both ways, and and we shape what insurance delivers, but but there's also the other side where insurance shapes back. And, and I'm interested to talk to Dr. Bill a little bit about how he feels that's affected chiropractic. I know most of our, our MD colleagues um, would say that it's really degraded the level of care that they're able to give to their patients by by being on the insurance system and not giving them enough time, kind of pushing them down the drug route and everything else. But um, um, I, I don't want this to be a complaint session about insurance or anything else. But, you know, since you've seen that evolution, how do you feel that shaped what, what chiropractic has to offer for people? Uh, one of the major things is is that, I'm, that I have found is, mm-hmm. is that uh, a lot of the training in the insurance industry mm-hmm. is inaccurate, mm. which is sad that you have people that come out of uh, school and without a degree or without even a lot of uh, interest in the healthcare field looking right. for a job and employment. Right. They become employed by the insurance industry and then they're trained right. uh, in, in what is acceptable or what isn't. And unfortunately, they don't have the education. If I ask them what is chiropractic, mm-hmm. which is a question we'll deal with in a little bit, sure. you know, they wouldn't have the answer. They right. wouldn't know. They, you know, they have the, well, I'm, you know, the rack them and crack them or, or right. just crack my neck or, or right. something like that is right. a really a, a strongly misunderstood uh, premise as far as what chiropractic is. Mm-hmm. And so when we get right down to it, mm-hmm. I always ask people the question, and this is when I'm speaking even with an insurance adjuster, I'll say, you know, sure. hey, what organ did God give you that controls every every other organ, every other tissue in the body? Right. And that's right. the brain. Right. And of course, the, the extension of the brain is the spinal cord, which mm-hmm. passes down from the bottom of the skull all the way down to the base of the sacrum mm-hmm. and to your pelvis. Mm-hmm. And and off of that come 31 pair of spinal nerves. Mm-hmm. And so you have basically the communication system to every tissue in the body. Mm-hmm. Chiropractic isn't great. What's great is how God made the body. It's mm-hmm. his magnificent creation. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, I don't. there's nothing really great about me as a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. What I do is I undo what either you did or somebody else did to mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. so that your brain can re-communicate with your body mm-hmm. and not only does the brain control health, but it controls healing, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is just one aspect of health. Mm-hmm. So when I look at <clears throat> what I'm able to do, I simply analyze or look at the spine, which is the bony structure around the, the spinal cord yep. and in and where the spinal nerves exit in between each of the backbones or vertebra. Okay. And I start looking at, is there a place where there's neurologically a... Uh, a lack of communication that is taking place where the body can't or the brain can't talk to the tissue cells or receive information. Therefore, it cannot direct the rest of the body to help recovery at that at that error. Mm-hmm. And if you look in a medical book, we, we call homeostasis health. Mm-hmm. And in other words, is the body able to adapt to its environment perfectly like it's a, it was intended to? Right. And when you lose that, you have lack of health. Sure. Sure. So in because I was going to get to this, you know, I think the average, I mean, this has been what I used to believe before I knew anything. What I kind of hear from a lot of people is, well, a chiropractor cracks your neck and basically you go to see them if your back or your neck hurt, basically, right? right. That would be the, the most I think the most average uh, assumption of, of what a chiropractor is, but this vision that you're just laying out looks very different from hurt my, uh, I hurt my back or I hurt my neck and can you make that pain go away from me? Well, in reality, if I had to say, why do 
90% or 95% of the people walk into into my office mm-hmm. for help mm-hmm. is that they have pain. Sure. In other words, pain is a motivator. It's it's basically the body crying out saying something's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's its body. It's it's like the the uh, security system alarm going off and sure. saying, "Hey, so there's been a, there's been a breakdown. Something something's going on wrong, and mm-hmm. better find out what it is." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a majority of the people are under a medical paradigm in their thinking, and that, well, I take a drug, well, so I'll go and get a, a, an adjustment, yep. and they and that's why they come see a chiropractor, an adjustment to eliminate pain. Right. That's their initial entry point. Right. One of my major I, I even I love it because yeah. it's one of the things that I do is to try and educate or teach them that well that's great yeah but it's so much more than that yeah in other words don't just respond when the when the fire alarm is going off and you've got the fire already started but blow the match out way back earlier in right. the places that you can right so we we start off with crisis care mm-hmm. and and by that I mean we just simply start treating the patient to get them out of the symptoms they right. have right with the major you know, dehabilitating, uh, life-interrupting symptoms going first. Sure. We call that the acute phase or the crisis phase of care. Absolutely. And then following that, we then go, the patient then moves into what we call a corrective care phase, mm-hmm. or, or phase of care, rather. And, and in that corrective phase of care, the whole purpose is just to continue with realigning the spine. Mm-hmm. What a chiropractor does is, first of all, is we analyze and look at the spine or backbones and see... Are there bony misalignments? Is there a distortion in the curves? And I'll talk to you about curves in Mm -hmm. just a bit, Mm -hmm. which would allow gravity or the forces of gravity to come down and to cause pressure, pain, inflammatory responses due to the irritation of bones moving and rubbing against each other incorrectly Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. a period of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it results in the the pain or the inflammation, swelling, numbness, and other neurological symptoms that can occur Mm -hmm. when tissues are irritated. Okay. And people, what I try and teach them when I, when I first, in fact, I don't even adjust a patient on the first day. Mm -hmm. I, it's, I want to say, do you really belong here? I want to look and see. When you walk in the door and you've got symptoms and you come ask me, I should see by the time I finish examining you and taking some x-rays of you that first day, Mm -hmm. I'm going to see three things. Mm -hmm. One, I will see a correlation between misalignment in your spine, Mm -hmm. the symptoms you describe or present with, in other words, what's your complaints, and at what levels did I find dysfunction when I go through and do my functional examination. Okay. So we should have dysfunction, mm-hmm. structure, mm-hmm. and symptoms all correlating in alignment. If you yeah. have that, yeah. you have an excellent chance of helping the patient. Okay. Totally makes sense. So when yep. we look, we we take a front and the minimum views we take are a front and a side view of the areas of complaint. Mm-hmm. So for example, Dr. Tim, if you had neck pain, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a, a side view of your neck and mm-hmm. I'm going to take a front view of your neck. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at the back to front view of your neck, I, I would like to see it straight mm-hmm. with the head not having any tilt left or right when I look at you from the back. Right, right. Now, when we that's unfortunately that's as a very high percentage of people that walk in the office that that's not the situation. Sure, sure. We also should not see the the tips or the bony tips of the of the vertebra mm-hmm. rotated or twisted one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Rotations mm-hmm. are common, and they. Uh, they basically occur out of either a trauma or out of uh, a micro trauma, which would be some activity that person does day in and day out multiple times to create an imbalance in the muscles. 
So that would be everything from sitting, the way they sit, the way they lay, the way they walk, the way they run, the way they do their activities on a day-to-day basis could contribute to um, misalignments in the spine then, yes? Correct. Okay. And, and what happens in people's lives is they may have small misalignments that could cause from some time of a jolt or a, uh, not a major trauma, but mm-hmm. it's not corrected. Mm-hmm. And so as gravity acts on that distortion over a period of time, it moves more and more out of alignment. Sure. And then other activities added onto that cause it to move further. Then something else happens. Another segment shifts in the body's ability to try and compensate for that. Right. And finally, right. we have a stack of blocks that just aren't very well lined up. Right, right. And we talk about that a lot too in the care that we're seeing when we're trying to piece together what's happened for someone that often there's sort of an, a, an event that seemed to bring everything on. But when we track back through the history and are looking at things, we see that really most of the time that's just the straw that broke the camel's back, that really you could see these dysfunctions piling up mm-hmm. as you move back through their history and are looking at what's going on for them. So what I'm hearing is you know, the same in the spine, unless, of course, car accidents and other traumas and things like that, is mostly the this compound of the way people are moving and living their lives and then things just kind of reach a, a point they the body compensates until it can't compensate anymore and that's when people are feeling pain or when problems start cropping up for people that in addition yeah. to the repetitive habits that people have let's say mm. for you know if we, mm-hmm. we, we live in the microsoft right. region yes you know a lot of a lot of people within computer work well mm-hmm. there's a phenomenon called text neck out where mm-hmm. Where uh, people that are in a repetitive bent posture, either looking at their phones or texting, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, just that repetitive postures can mm-hmm. create problems. Mm-hmm. One thing that I see when I do an analysis of the of the lateral view of the patient's neck when they come in mm-hmm. is that loss of, of the normal neck curve. Mm-hmm. Now think of this. This is an excellent analogy. Okay. When engineers build a bridge, and you look at the bottom of the bridge, mm-hmm. is it flat or is there a curve in it? Uh, I would have to say there's a curve. You can see the cur- the curve in it. Yeah, exactly. There yeah. is a curve in it. Yeah, and I will tell you what that curve is. It's mm. a sixty degree arc curve. Hmm. Why is it a sixty degree arc curve? Because it's the optimal arc or angle to distribute weight. Interesting. And so the physics of building a bridge mm-hmm. is I need to support weight. What's the best way to do it? Sure. That's why if you go to the Comaneros bridge or a suspension bridge, right. you see the girders and you see the wires hanging. They're they're hanging off of a a, a uh, another the, wire, or whatever right, you want to call it, right, that right. suspension wire, right. and that's held at an angle of what? 60 degrees. Interesting. And so hmm. there, there's constantly, if you go to the King County building, get a building permit, and right. you deviate from a 60-degree arc structure to distribute weight, mm-hmm. you have to have beams and other uh, laminates, et cetera, that you would put across to help carry extra weight and support weight. Huh. It's So our body is made... Yeah. With, we look at it from the side with a 60-degree arc curve that, that goes forward in the neck, okay. backward where the ribs are. We call that the thoracic spine. Right, right. Underneath that, forward, a 60-degree arc curve in the lumbar spine. Right, right. And then the pelvis forms a 58-degree curve uh, down in the in the pelvis region. Huh. Okay. And so when we look at that, uh-huh. 
we say, well, why is, why is that one 58? Well, there's two degrees of thickness. God didn't mess up, mm-hmm. so it's really 60 degrees. Okay. But we look at those things, and why 60 degrees? Because they're offset to distribute weight. Hmm. So each segment or vertebra mm-hmm. in the spine mm-hmm. carries a, its own portion of the weight. Hmm. Now, when we deviate from either habits or postures, things that we recur and reproduce or trauma can yep. occur yep. that cause deviation of those curves, then weight accumulates in certain areas. Hmm. When that weight accumulates, there can be jamming together of joints. There can be uh, rubbing or wearing away of the uh, cartilage pads that are in between mm-hmm. that, are, that are the spacers for the bones. There can be... Uh, <clears throat> additional wear on the end plates of the bones themselves and when those and that'll that can go on painlessly for a long time yeah but bone being a living tissue once you wear away all the way through the end plate of a bone mm-hmm. it starts to grow hmm. and we call that bone spurring okay okay right and so mm-hmm. when it, when we when you've irritated the bone and rubbed away the end plate mm-hmm. long enough that you've worn away that that end plate mm-hmm. now you have bone as a living tissue and it starts to grow or reach out to the bone next to it for further support. Right, right. It right. says, I've got a lot of weight on me, help me. Right. And so it reaches either up or down to the vertebra above or below it. Mm-hmm. And there, therefore, we have what? We have ankylosing or, mm-hmm. or the attempt at that. And that's a fancy yeah. word, which means growing together. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And you have basically the, 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 arthritis or the arthritic condition Mm -hmm. and so we have degenerative joint disease arthritis those terms that come out or uh, we'll use the fancy word of ankylosis meaning the bones have actually grown together right right what i want to see patients do or 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 the just the general population do Mm -hmm. is is learn how to take care of themselves and have an awareness even if you're not a patient just being it you should be taught in general school Mm -hmm. how to take care of your frame how to exercise it, mm-hmm. what things to do to counterbalance regular activities. For example, when you go through 12 years of school, what's mm-hmm. the posture? You're bent over a desk. Right. You're looking down. Mm-hmm. You're onto a computer. Right. Your arms are extended out in front of you. Right. How much back bending do you do? How much bending over backwards? Right. And so, therefore, that needs to be mixed in and needs to be taught. Mm-hmm. How many times do we lay over a, a pillow or a fulcrum of some type, whether it be a, a, a foam block or any apparatus we call mm-hmm. those <clears throat> devices that we use in our office, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just an, an orthotic. But yeah. how, how many times do we do that to counterbalance what we do? Hardly at all. We're right. never taught that. Right, right. And so if we don't know how to care for the frame, what happens is there's this accumulation of what? Of gravity, that force pushing us down. Mm-hmm. It definitely holds things on the, on the earth. It's why your tires wear. Right. In fact, most people take better care of their cars and their tires in alignment than they do their spines. Right. And so right. we see as chiropractors then... A, a, an array of different problems, depending on what people have done when they walk in the office, that'll affect the bone, mm. it'll affect the joint, mm-hmm. it'll affect the muscles. Because mm-hmm. some people say, I don't have a chiropractic problem, I have mine, mine's muscle spasm. Oh, okay. Well, what are those muscles attached to? Right, right. The and bones. and mm-hmm. well, they're attached to bones. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when we see that, it's very, very important to try and look and see how's the frame. Mm-hmm. If we examine the frame and mm-hmm. look at that, then we have an idea if there really are a chiropractic patient or mm-hmm. somebody that would benefit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's an infection or something else, and we need to refer those patients out. Sure, sure. However, because people have neglected their frame for so long, mm-hmm. it's a high volume of, or 
high percentage of people that walk in looking for help, they're basically seeing us as a last resort. Sure, sure. I'm of from course. a family of medical doctors. Oh, interesting. My brother-in-law okay. is one of the top neurosurgeons in the world, let in- alone the United States. Huh. And he helped train me. I did, I yeah. did a lot of rounds with him, and I did a lot of training uh, through my beginning of chiropractic. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I learned from him was a healthy respect for the for the whole nerve system. Sure. And in fact, right now, before he really advances into a, a, a very technical neurosurgery, he mm-hmm. will make sure and see if they've got a chiropractic consult mm. framework to mm-hmm. be able to look at that frame and analyze it and see is something more conservative able to be done here before we go to the more aggressive surgery. Nice. It's that's exciting to see that kind of integration. Then, right? Mm-hmm. So we have the if you truly need the actual surgery, then of course get it done and sure. take care of it. But hey, if we can either improve the results that that they're going to be able to get for the person uh, by combining the therapies or not need to have to be cut open in the first place, mm-hmm. then spectacular. So tell me your story a little bit. So coming from a family of doctors, uh, obviously you went in a different direction. How did, and, and this was back, was what, in the early 80s, late 70s that you went to chiropractic school? I actually started in uh, in the Mid seventies. Mid seventies. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. uh, I believe seventy five would be uh, when I got interested in it. My first exposure of really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Seventy six is when I went back to South Carolina to go to chiropractic school. What? Uh, what? What? What was that experience, or what? What drew you in the direction of chiropractic? Well, I was coaching okay. locally here uh-huh. at Lake Washington High School. Okay. Uh-huh. I was coaching wrestling. Huh. I had the, stev- the state heavyweight wrestling champion mm. who ate every other students lunch you know and and uh, so they mm-hmm. they just it was it was terrible so the mm. only person that could wrestle him mm-hmm. was myself oh interesting and he hurt my back oh okay now, uh-huh three of my wrestlers were going to chiropractor they said coach go go see my chiropractor no mm-hmm. go see mine uh-huh. i ended up picking one and i ended up going and yeah. he and i became very good friends uh-huh. and make a long story short he said why don't you go back to chiropractic school mm-hmm. and come back and practice with me mm. and mm-hmm. so i said Hmm, okay. Happened to be, it was a summertime, and they had the state convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, actually in Bellevue. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And uh, for that summer, and I went to the state convention, and I heard of uh, the, um, <clears throat> the uh, what do I want to call them, dean of students mm-hmm. for Sherman College of Chiropractic. And I was already had gotten accepted to go to Palmer, and he talked me into going down to Sherman College, which is in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay. So okay. that's my story as far as just getting in. Uh-huh. Had a bad back. I went to the chiropractor. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I started feeling better there. Right. Next thing I know, something strange happened. He started saying my neck was off and we were adjusting my neck. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting where I can't see very well. Huh. You know, what is going on? Huh. Okay. Thinking, what? So I go to my eye doctor and he... Yeah. And and, and he, I take my glasses off, and he tests me, and he says, this is odd. And he says, put your glasses on. I, and I can't see. And I'm right. realizing my vision had been restored, hmm. and I didn't need my glasses anymore. And so I I didn't. I discarded my glasses. Right. right. And for about 20 years, 20, 25 years, yeah. I didn't need glasses. Interesting. So, I gained, so that was one thing that happened to me. Sure. I was an asthmatic for... Well, all the way up to that time, from yeah. the time I was a little guy, yeah. sometimes being rushed to the hospital two to three times a summer. Mm. Yeah, from from the third week of from the second week of May mm-hmm. until the third week of June, mm-hmm. I 
I, whatever was in the air, it it literally debilitated mm. me. And I mean, is and mm. it was so it was scary. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so uh, that was one thing, and it and uh, that was, that benefited or uh, that I benefited from mm-hmm. that cleared up also. So hmm. I had these things that happened to me rather rather dramatic. Right. So I said, you know, I had I was in. Uh, I graduated from the University of Washington, and I was in, in dental school. I just wanted to be an orthodontist. Oh, uh-huh. and so I decided, no, I, this is something I think I thought I wanted to do, but I don't really want to do this. And so I was, uh, uh, I got drafted, and I was playing professional baseball. Uh-huh. And so I I pulled out from that, and I came back from to back to the U to finish up. And I decided this is not what I want to do. So mm. I went into teaching. Okay, because mm-hmm. teaching was simply coaching and academic. Sure. So I, I taught sciences, and, and mm-hmm. I did that, taught every grade from 5th through 12th. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, that's been my love. But because of the way the state system was set up, and, I, and they had school levies at that time, mm. I was low man on the totem pole. Mm. I, I, the school levies failed, and I, I was my, my pay was voted off every year. And, of nice. course, the f- students didn't melt over the summer, so I would get right. my job back. September right. the first or the first week in September every year. Right. But there was no stability. So another mm-hmm. reason I thought, well, I'm going to switch professions. Sure. Sure. No, it makes sense. And I love teaching, but yeah. Also, the most rewarding thing that you can that it's just for me is is being able to see a person coming in mm-hmm. and to give them their life back. Mm-hmm. I, my job is not just to get. I don't look at it as just to give them out of out of pain. Mm-hmm. I I am thrilled, and I'm sure that's one of the things that thrills you is yeah. when you when you give somebody their life back and yeah. you restore and they're able to do something that they've lost. Yeah. And that's what happens when you have spinal problems. Yeah. They can de- debilitate you, interfere with what's going on, you, yeah. your enjoyment. You can't play with your kids. You can't walk. You can't hike. You can't be active. You can't get the maximum fulfillment out of life that you're right. able to do. Right. Pain has interrupted that. And my job is not just to have get them out of pain, but to see that that pain doesn't come back and restore their strength. Right. And a unique thing about the way we practice at our clinic, mm-hmm. the health source, mm-hmm. is a philosophy of the adjustment is very, very important. Mm. And it's the center of what we do. Mm-hmm. But it's also what, what keeps those bones in place once you put them there. Sure. Well, you have to have muscles balanced and symmetrically mm-hmm. strong front mm-hmm. to back, side mm-hmm. to side, mm-hmm. to hold the adjustments. Mm. So we put the patients into a rehab Bay of our clinic, mm-hmm. and have them edu- and get going, educating their muscles or balancing them out, right. so they can hold their adjustments longer and longer. Right. Our goal is is that patients stay in our chiropractic care for the rest of their life, but mm-hmm. that they're not junkies. Right. Right. You know, right. In other words, right. I don't I don't want somebody to have to come back every week to get out of pain. I want to basically increase that interval, increase the interval, until. You know, they're saying, well, you know, I, I, you can come back once a month because you work a heavier schedule. Or I even have some people that I stay on wellness care or maintenance care mm-hmm. every two weeks because they are a physical laborer mm. and they just simply beat their body up and I have to undo what they do to themselves. Sure, sure. So uh, my job is this this thrill I get hmm. is is just simply being able to give people back their life. Absolutely. And you know whether it's in the therapy bay cheering somebody on and helping show them how to exercise and how to balance themselves up and mm-hmm. doing that, mm-hmm. or you know most importantly with the adjusting of being able to move the bones opposite the way they're misaligned. Mm-hmm. For all the patients, restoring the curves. And mm-hmm. so some of my adjustments in the neck or in the low back are back to front rather mm. than front to back. Because hmm. you're always moving the bone opposite the way it's misaligned. Okay, okay. Makes sense. Sure. Um, 
one of the things that I get when I pay, when I sometimes when I'm adjusting the patient goes, oh, there you got it. Yeah. Oh, there you, you know, it's like, you're going to get that today? And I, I, I did, because you know, right. they're focused on the sound. Sure. And the cavitation noise that occurs in an adjustment when you do it real quickly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, is basically a vacuum created within the, the capsule that surrounds a joint. You mm-hmm. have a joint that has a, a, a ligament that surrounds it called the capsular ligament. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. internal membrane of that capsular ligament, as you know, is a synovial membrane. Mm-hmm, secretes mm-hmm. a fluid that lubricates or slides. It's an oily substance, mm-hmm. so the bones will slide in one another. Mm-hmm. But that, that fluid doesn't fill the whole sac. It's mm-hmm. also got gas in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you move the bone real quick, that fluid is thrown up against the wall it slaps or creates and makes a popping noise. Everybody goes, oh, a cracking noise. Right, right, right. So making the noise is not the goal. Hmm. Pushing the bone opposite the way it's misaligned and then having the patient strengthen their muscles to hold it there. Sure. And then going back and reevaluating the position of the vertebra. Mm-hmm. Are they better? Mm-hmm. Are they not better? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that you have to look and be accountable to yourself, to the patient, you know, to, uh, to the third-party payers. Sure, you sure. want to be sure and make sure that they have a good outcome right. so that their bone is in a more advantageous position to be able to hold up against gravity. When it's not in the right position, you'll get recurring muscle spasms hmm. because mm-hmm. the bone is the hard. It's God made it thicker. Right, right, right. right. It'll carry mm-hmm. all the weight. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if it's not carrying the weight, then the other guiding structures, the muscles which contract to create and cause movement, sure, sure. they end up having to do the bone's job. Oh, inter- right. And therefore, okay. they mm-hmm. end up in chronic spasms. I had a lot of people that have chronic spasms. That's your body talking to you and saying, something's not right. Your bones aren't carrying the weight right. Mm. You need to be able to find out and look at it, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things I do besides spinal adjustments mm. as a chiropractor mm-hmm. is I'm also a, I'm a chiropractic orthopedist. Okay. So I also do, I adjust knees, ankle, I adjust joints of the body. Hmm. So we're doing shoulders, knees, ankles, elbows, wrists, and people have carpal tunnel symptoms. They have, you know, thoracic outlet symptoms. They mm-hmm. have... Mm-hmm. Um, adhesive capsulitis in a shoulder. They may have a, a just simply knee pain. Right. You know, twisted uh, history of twisted ankles. Right. Why okay. do you suppose they have a history of twisted ankles? Hmm. Because when they twisted or turned their ankle, right. who put the bones back in the right spot? Fair. Oh, yeah. nobody did. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, if the bones aren't carrying the weight, the tissues get weak and they keep repeating and you have chronic ankle sprains. Mm, interesting. That's mm-hmm. that's an example of, mm-hmm. of, of the difference of looking and analyzing a body mm-hmm. from a structural standpoint, mm-hmm. saying, are the bones positioned right to do their job? And mm-hmm. if they do their job, that can take pressure off the other tissues. Sure, sure. Now that we've said that, mm-hmm. now we'll go back to... Looping back mm-hmm. to what are the benefits of seeing a chiropractor? What sure. are the benefits of a chiropractic adjustment? Mm-hmm. Well, spinally, the number the number one and the greatest thing I, that I mentioned in the beginning was mm-hmm. so that the brain can communicate with every cell in the body. Mm-hmm. So neurologically, it's getting the pressure off the nerve system so the brain can recommunicate. Mm-hmm. That's important, both to receive messages and to give a response. Mm-hmm. Number two. All right, from a bony or structural standpoint, you want to have the curves in there. So a chiropractor does what with the adjusting? He restores the normal curves of the body. Okay. And I'm going to ask you, yeah. I already told you, what's the right curve? Right. 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. See? 
And so we're looking at that, and we actually have tools in our x-ray department that go over your x-rays that measure what your angle is, and we can compute what the leverage factor is for your muscles. I didn't develop this, but right, it was right, developed right. by a, a physiologist, and hmm. we're able to determine how much extra effort are you having to do every day. So, for example, a normal index score would be two and a half, mm-hmm. and I'll get patients with ten. Hmm. Okay. And so that means if they have 10, it's supposed to be two and a half, their, their neck muscles, their body muscles are, are having to do four times the work. Interesting. So every uh-huh. day they live, yeah. that's four days of effort. No right. wonder they have fatigue. Right. No wonder they have cramping and muscle spasms that never let go, hmm. even when they lay down. Yeah. And that's, we look at that. Now, hmm. you also have to realize what's the very, very first branch of every nerve that exits the spine. Where does it go to? And the answer is it goes to, it's called the recurrent meningeal or sinusoidal nerve, Mm. which controls the dilation of the blood vessel at that level. Hmm. So chiropractic actually controls circulation at that level. Hmm. And so oxygen supply is, is in fact, I should say blood supply and what's in the blood, sure. oxygen. Right. And so therefore, a lot of your numbnesses, your paresthesias, mm-hmm. those things, mm-hmm. it's not just the pressure on the nerve, but it's a pressure on the nerve that affected the circulation, which then affects, and so it's a it's a cascade effect mm-hmm. that, it, that eventually results in all of the patient's paresthesias or odd symptoms hmm. in their hands, arms, legs, et cetera, hmm. that often are not even thought of as a chiropractic problem. Sure, sure. Therefore, some of the, quote, thoracic outlet right. uh, syndromes, right. And, the, and, the, and the it's the diagnoses that are put on people, sure. which are basically a group of, of symptoms or signs that says, oh, you must have this. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they may fit two or three different, quote, uh, diagnoses. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, the bottom line is, is we look at, is there misalignment that's a part of that? And yeah. if it is, they're going to respond better. Sure, makes sense. I mean, so you're saying you have that triad of evaluation, which is their symptoms, their structure. Whoops, and you got a third one in there. That I, what was the third one again? Okay. Yeah. Function. Function. Okay. Function. You yeah. have to look at can they bend and move? Do they mm-hmm. have a pain when they move, but mm-hmm. they don't when they're normal? I get mm-hmm. people that walk in and say I'm fine. Right. Right. But when I bend, I have this pain. Well, okay. It's like they are oh they're better than the person that has the pain when they're just sitting there right but they're not there still doesn't mean they're well right and so we'll see people in fact this is one of the things that happens as they go through a <clears throat> corrective uh, phase of care yep. is that their symptoms have gone their intense symptoms have gone mm-hmm. and then their symptoms start to disappear and they have symptoms coming and going mm-hmm. and when they're coming and going, they will note that it only happens when I do this. Mm. It happens when I do that. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a bending, a movement where the tissue is under maximum stress. Mm-hmm. And that's where they start to feel it until the bone is a little bit, is corrected just a little bit more. Right. And pretty soon the bone carries enough weight, pain symptoms go away. Right. Functions better. Right. So function, okay. structure, and then that ties in with symptoms. Okay, so, so structure, function, and symptoms. And so if we're seeing, so in other words, you know, who is not a good candidate would be someone who got evaluated and you're not seeing any structure would you need to have those structural abnormalities if someone had symptoms and they had function issues but you weren't seeing any functional issues would they still be a candidate for chiropractic at that point let's talk about a patient this week okay okay yep all right she's got a back pain on the right-hand side mm-hmm. at the level of T12. Let's like speak English to you folks. Yep, yep. That's at the level of the bottom of the rib cage. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not quite, no, I wouldn't call it, it's 
technically could be called low back pain, but it's not really deep in the low back. Okay. Right at the bottom of the ribs on the right. Yep. More on the right side than the left. Hmm. Also affects her when she breathes, but that's also the level where the diaphragm is. Right. So you would make sense right. why that would be that way. Right. And so I, I do an exam. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of misalignment. Hmm. Pretty pretty aligned. There's some okay. there's some twisting that's yeah. there, yeah. but but not severe. Okay. So got pretty good curves in the spine. Okay. All right. So I'm seeing a person that can when I do the functional exam, a person that can bend forward, mm-hmm. backward, no increase of pain. Okay. Bends left, mm-hmm. bend right, no increase of pain. Hmm. Twists or torques left, twists or torques right. I'm going. Hmm. Mm-hmm. When we have somebody with structural problems, when they start moving, something's going to cause, one direction's going to cause that. Sure, sure. So then I reach up and I put my hands in her shoulder and I compress. Mm-hmm. No increase of pain. Hmm. I mm-hmm. lean her to one side, I compress a little more. I lean her to the other side, I compress. Now I've, I've done my compressive checks. Right. No increase of pain. Hmm. Now I've got something that, I, she does have some symptoms. Right. But when we start putting her through functional tests. Yeah. I'm not getting an increase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, ref- I says, you know, you need to go. I, I, I would, I would like you to see your medical doctor. Right, go right. Make an appointment. Yeah, she yeah. She goes make an appointment, mm-hmm. and what she had was pneumonia. Okay. Now. Yep. I did in my intake. I asked her no coughing, <laughs> no fever, <laughs> no 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 fever that she, that she associated right. with at that time. Right, now right, when right. I talked with her later. Right. I said, well, you if you had pneumonia, you must have had a fever. He says, oh, I thought that was a hot flash I was having. <laughs> I did. I had one earlier in the week, but I thought it was a hot flash that uh, one night. Uh-huh. I do have hot flashes. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and so she didn't, so we didn't get the correlation. But there's right, a good right. example. And I just, so I, yeah. it didn't make sense. Okay. And I said, you know, I at least want you to rule out. You sure. Know, do you have is something else that's there? You know, I was thinking possibly some type of a, you know, on the right side, maybe, you know, Something with a spleen. So, I mean, it could be something internal mm-hmm. that just was. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't know, but it, sure. it didn't have the typical chiropractic presentation. Right. And this was a. By the way, this was a patient that I'd had that I was already treating. But when mm-hmm. she came in and presented, mm-hmm. I'm going. Something doesn't make sense. This yeah. is not. You know, uh, things aren't adding up. You, because it, when there's a chiropractic uh, problem that's going to person's going to benefit, mm-hmm. you'll see that correlation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is a, a typical example of. When you don't have one, right, and it, it isn't always exactly like this, but sure. it is. So sure. I've had people come in and say, uh, "Would you would you crack me?" Right, right, right. And I says, "Well, I says what I need to do. I need to do an examination. I need to take some. Oh, you just right. want to make money, right?" And I said, right. "No, I want to make sure that what you that you are a candidate for care." Well, I took film. He had. Uh, um, where his major complaint was, was it in the neck for this guy? Mm-hmm. Where he wanted, he had back pain, okay. right, right low back pain. Okay. And uh, so when I, I finally, he says, I says, if you want, you know, just get cracked. I says, you can go find somebody else. This is not the place. Right, right. So he finally, he resolved, all right, I will, I'll have, I'll get. The, so I took the x-rays and I did the exam and then I went and took the x-rays. Mm-hmm. And when I did, I says, I can't adjust you. Mm-hmm. What and he says, on? what do you mean you mm-hmm. can't adjust me? You conned me into taking the x-rays. Yeah. And I says, no. I says, you have something that's abnormal that I'm seeing on this. Yeah. And I'd like you to go see your medical doctor immediately. Yeah. yeah. What's your medical doctor's name? I'm right. going to call and get you an appointment today with him. Right, right. So I called and he went over there. And I knew what he had. Yeah. It was multiple myeloma, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a tumor in his hip. Right. A cancerous tumor. And, right. Uh Unfortunately, the person died in within 
a month. Oh, that's like the that's the horror story, and that I've heard several times is you know, and, and this is uh, my mom actually passed from multiple myeloma, so I do know that disease, right? And 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 it was uh, kind of similar. She was having hip pain for mm-hmm. for a good while, um, and she wasn't into alternative medicine or integrative medicine, so she would go see her MD, who said, "Well, go to physical therapy for a little bit, or here's some take some aspirin, or do some, you know." And eventually, that hip pain. Uh, then she went to see an acupuncturist. That was kind of her first step. Well, okay, maybe they can help me with pain, and mm-hmm. did a few treatments that didn't help the pain go away. So eventually, her MD uh, ordered. Uh, some film to look at her hips, and that's when they that's when they found it. Basically, yes. right? That's the uh, and and then you hear the stories of you know colon cancer having spread to the spine, and then you then they've you know they got this low back pain for sometimes years and years and years, and then suddenly uh, it gets found, and unfortunately sometimes it's it's very advanced at that point. Yes, you know, and, and that's what and that's what you mm-hmm. need when when a person walks in your office to me they may not understand it but you have a responsibility right. to them to screen to right. look at you know right. are you a person that really will benefit from from care from what i offer right and you also want to look at and rule out the things that are in danger before you start putting a a thrust into into a person's spine to move the bones mm-hmm. If I'd have thrust into this person, his his whole hip would have just collapsed. Oh, because it was so weak from because the cancer. Because of the cancer yeah. and the tumor yeah. in there, that bone is real frail. Yeah. In fact, that's eventually what happened to him. Right. You know, collapsed. Right. So. Uh, <clears throat> well, yeah, you know, I mean, I can relate. Um, we, before we got on, Dr. Bill and I were talking a little bit about the internet and um, getting all that going. And I know um, that's something he's tackling a little bit. You know, one of the things on Facebook and social media is a lot. I, I know every doctor has this experience, but. People will contact you and say, hey, I have X, Y, and Z. What should I do? And the answer you know, is always, well, you should be properly screened and checked out. And only then can I really actually give you advice on what's going to work best for you. Um, and you know, we get a lot of the same thing. Well, you know, I don't have any money or you just want all my money. Or, and it's like, no, if you know, we can spit in the wind and just say, well, I don't know, try this or try that. But but to actually truly give someone an informed diagnosis and a treatment plan that is contextually appropriate for what's going on for that person, exactly. you need you need to actually do an evaluation. And it's not just uh, to make a bunch of money, but it's actually because, you know, there is no one treatment that works in every person, in every situation. I mean, the, you know, we always use the analogy, I'm sure you do too, of a to- there's a toolbox and it's a hammer is not always the right tool to use in every situation or a wrench or, you know, a screwdriver or anything else. They, that is correct. They all have their place and they all can be used extremely effectively mm-hmm. when they're called for, right? So, so... That's very interesting. So certainly any so anyone who might be listening to this around the world, any good chiropractor would you say should be evaluating them for sim- their symptoms, their structure and their function. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why as I spoke to you earlier, mm-hmm. we do not adjust on the very first day. Mhm. Mhm. And I I I do make exceptions to that, I, but I would say that 90 Eight percent of the time, mm-hmm. there maybe be two out of a hundred mm-hmm. uh, that I might adjust in the first day, mm-hmm. and that'll be because they have such strong malalignment 
mm-hmm. directly where they had pain that correlated at that point, mm-hmm. and I'm humane. Mm-hmm. And they're sit there in excruciating pain, and I know I can help them. Right. At, I will say I'm breaking my own rule at this point, right. but it, I did not do it before I evaluated them. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, I think it, I want the person to understand what are what's our enemy? What are we fighting? What are we going to deal with? What's mm-hmm. our goal? Mm-hmm. And if, if you want to choose your goals, I want to answer set questions. How long is it going to take? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, can you help me? Mm-hmm. I want to let them know, yeah, you're in the right spot. I can help you. This is a structural mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two is is how long is it going to take? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. How many times do I have to come? That's you know, they always want to know those things like that. And how much is it going to cost? Well, I know to Laura, those and things. again, I know she will, she's okay saying this, and we, we won't get into a lot of specifics, but I know Lorelai, I talked to her right after her accident, and she said, okay, I'm going to the chiropractor. You know, I'll probably need one or two adjustments, and then I'll probably be perfectly fine. And I know she came back and went, wow, I actually need a lot more adjustments than I thought that mm-hmm. I was going to need. So it, is it generalization? Can you speak to that? Because I think we were just going into how long is this going to take? Well, it comes from the medical paradigm. Mm-hmm. In other words, remember I spoke to you earlier. I right. says what they want is an adjustment to replace the medication. Well, you take this. I'm in pain. I take this medication. It, you know, it goes away. Right, take, right. Take two Advil or take two Tylenol. Or, right. You know, and uh, the reason that I'm so passionate about chiropractic, yeah. is the alternative to the to the traditional medical approach mm-hmm. or the medical paradigm mm-hmm. is that I'm applying forces and moving bones that have results that are the first of all. When research is worldwide, mm-hmm. when it's been researched, mm-hmm. we're the number one treatment as far as results, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. in the entire world, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. for neuromusculoskeletal problems, mm. nerve, muscle, bone, and joint problems. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. That's because God doesn't make junk. It's because of how I was telling you earlier. Right, right, right. Nothing great about a chiropractor. It's just that what we're working with when you put the structure in the right spot, that brain is the ability to help you able to recover. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... So when we look at that in context to what we were just talking about mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. the uh, patient want, wandering in says, well, I want two adjustments. Or, I mean, they think in their mind. Yeah. Well, I just that's why I sit down with them. I, if, if that's what they want, right. you know, I'm, I need to be able to speak with them and say, you know, I'm willing to give you two adjustments, but right. you might feel a little pain relief, right. but it's not going to eliminate the problem because now I've had a chance to show them, mm-hmm. here's your frame, look mm-hmm. at the x-rays, mm-hmm. you see where you're misaligned here? Mm-hmm. Now that's not going to change. If you go to a dentist, mm-hmm. do you have him punch you in the mouth? <laughs> you say, punch me in the mouth, straighten right. my teeth. Right, right, right. Oh, no, mm-hmm. he can't do that. So right. he puts braces on, how long does that take? Right, right. There are muscles and other soft tissues around the spine and the bones. Sometimes people are injured. They have to heal. Mm-hmm. And there are imbalances in the muscles, and they have to be balanced back out through the exercises. Mm-hmm. Well, Metabolic rates limit you as how fast that's going to happen. Sure. At the earliest, you're looking at you know four to six weeks for mm. the very simple, simple cases. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes people just want well, just get me out of pain. That's all I can do. Mm-hmm. I say, all right, I'm willing to do that. Mm-hmm. But it, you also have to speak with them and communicate so that they understand you're there. So they, they know you know what their expectations are, and they know what you're saying or addressing. Sure, absolutely. And that is so important. Yeah. So that's that's. To me, that's being integrous and being honorable mm-hmm. to, the, to the patient so mm-hmm. that they're seeking whatever goals they want to seek in the beginning. I tell them, this is what I recommend. Mm-hmm. And then I allow them to be able to choose, what do you want to do? Sure. Do you want crisis care? 
only. Mm-hmm. 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 And sometimes people, that's where they're at. That's right. all they can do. Right. I understand that. Yep. But I says, when you can, you need to go back and do this other stuff at right. some point. Right, right. You know, do you, what I recommend now is the, is the full thing because, like I say, if you blow the match out, you don't have to deal with a forest fire the rest of your life. Right, right. And so a lot of people elect to do that. Yeah. Remember going back to insurance companies? Mm-hmm, What's mm-hmm. sad is mm-hmm. they're willing to pay for years and years and years of pharmaceuticals. Sure. Which are not addressing the, the cause of the problem. They right. just address the symptom or result of the problem. Right. And they will waste so much money, and it's so fundamentally wrong to me mm-hmm. that if we had a healthcare system that talked about health and and put the investment into getting systems and and the body working correctly mm-hmm. you would be able to overcome and have health at a higher level which means what less money spent right now that we say that it has been shown um, I forget the doctor's name but he is the head of John Hopkins mm. University one of the top research in the country mm-hmm. and I have a slide up on my uh, in my special consult class mm-hmm. that Lorelai was talking about mm-hmm. but he has done a 10-year study and shown that patients that are involved in chiropractic mm-hmm. their uh, <clears throat> hospital stays are lower their expenditures were uh, 50% less as far as cost for health care hmm. And uh, just the overall results of the of, of I was trying to think of what it was for it breaks it down into the different pharmaceuticals too. But right, right. I don't have all that information off the top of my head now. But uh, right. Well, the yeah, absolutely. I mean, the incentives are are perverse. I mean, the actual beha- preventative behaviors from you know the the food that people eat, the the way they exercise, all the way down to truly preventative healthcare, not just early detection and screening, mm-hmm. but actual to prevent things from occurring in the first place. I mean, the the the, the incentives are all in the wrong places, mm-hmm. of course, right? And yes, it's it's not like they're truly saving any money. It's just who the money actually goes well, to. This is right? a sad thing. It yeah. goes right along with what we're talking about. Yeah. And I was waiting for you to bring this up because okay. of your industry. Uh-huh, but, uh-huh. You know, nutritionally. Yeah. Why would they? Why would the healthcare industry not want to invest nutritionally into it? Into its uh, it's subscribers right. for their health because when you feed the body correctly, right. you're going to feed it and build it to health. Right. I want to feed the recovery. When I have people involved in automobile accidents, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wanting to feed their recovery because right. I want to have the right minerals. I want to have the right coenzymes or right. vitamins there. Right. I want to make sure they can assimilate it and getting it there. So I want a good alimentary or intestinal mm-hmm. tract there mm-hmm. for probiotics. I, right. I mean, just a lot of different Absolutely. steps that are there. It's it's not just the adjustment. It's it's like nutritionally you right. have to be able to feed biochemically feed the tissues. Right. And so that's important. No, 100%. I mean, you, you know, a common story we hear is that people under, who under a smart practitioner who is attending to, to those nutritional side of things. So obviously from my side, the people who are seeing NDs, um, the, the story we get all the time is, you know, I had a surgery or this or this this injury and my MD is surprised how quickly I've healed, right? Because again, the body has a lot of the stuff that it needs to heal properly, where a lot of people out there on the standard American diet, uh, you know, are, are really marginal on a lot of their nutritional status. And, and just, uh, you know, as Dr. Bill was saying here, that, 
Oh, my goodness. My brain just blanked out. Oh, right. There we go. Came back again. As Dr. Bill is saying, right, without the, the proper, uh, you know, nerve impulses, without the proper communication between the brain, the body cannot heal and be healthy. In the same way, you know, the body can try to heal, but if it doesn't have all of the, the vitamins, the minerals, the nutrients, the cofactors that it needs, you know, it's, it's like trying to put up your house, but you don't have any nails or you don't have any boards or you don't, you know, I mean, like there's a limit to what the body can do. So, um, you know, one example I've seen, you know, many times are, are broken bones that don't heal properly. And so, um, you know, the, the, you know, person comes back and said, well, they're, they're pondering putting pins into it or more pins into it or doing a bone graft or something because, you know, this, this, this broken bone just will not heal up. And it's like, okay, well, how about we hold off on that a little bit? How about we get your nutritional status in good shape? And, and from, you know, again, from my end, give them some herbs that can still help uh, stimulate that process. And, you know, nine times out of 10, we see that bone heals up right quick. And it was, it wasn't healing because the body didn't have what it needed to, to make that happen. Correct. Basically. It's really important. Biochemistry is very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other things you just triggered in my mind mm-hmm. is another tool that I use. Mm-hmm. It's not really a, it's not limited to just chiropractic, mm-hmm. but it's one of the great innovative healthcare tools mm-hmm. uh, in the last ten years, mm-hmm. and that's coal laser. So tell us a little bit about that. I I use coal laser as a introduction. First of all, explaining what it is. Sure. Mm-hmm. There are a laser is light. Yep. It's a wavelength of light. Uh, the one I use is 635 nanometers. Okay. Now, why do I use that level of light? Mm-hmm. Is because that's the optimum. That's the optimum wavelength that mm. the body metabolizes oxygen in. Mm. And mm-hmm. so, when we introduce light, we're able to set the frequency of that wavelength yep. to different tissues. A bone has a different wavelength than a than a muscle, than a tendon, than a ligament. Mm. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, we're able to actually point the light at a patient. Mm-hmm. At set the right frequency mm-hmm. and uh, the and the uh, with the wavelength being six hundred thirty five nanometers. Yes. Put that light in, and it and what that does is the mitochondria mm-hmm. within the cells mm-hmm. of the tissues you're targeting mm-hmm. is able to receive that light, and the, it is able to take and wrote and and transfer that energy, that mm-hmm. light energy, mm-hmm. into a stored. It, basically, it's. Um, a, a, it converts it uh, mm-hmm. to the uh, the RNA DNA of of that, and being able to put the the enough energy in the cell then mm-hmm. to run mm-hmm. the cell gates, mm-hmm. which get hurt sometimes when they're damaged in trauma mm-hmm. and, and, and dysfunction, mm-hmm. and so there's now energy to open and close those gates, okay. so that now can get nutrients in and waste products out where they were shut down, okay. which is why cells die. Sure. And also mitosis of a cell or reproduction of a cell takes mm. energy. Mm-hmm. And so now that mitochondria has that stored energy and there's the replication of that and therefore you're able to produce new cells. Mm. And so it's basically a grow light for the body. Mm. You know how you have a grow right, light right. in a you yep. know green yep. in to, to help grow plants faster? Yep. yep. It accelerates or changes that metabolic or healing rate, so therefore you can heal quicker. Hmm. 
I was first introduced to this back in 1995 mm-hmm. uh, when I started getting numbness in my feet, and I contracted and was diagnosed with MS. Mm. Mm. And so I was becoming crippled and, and hobbling around, and it was, my mobility was significantly affected. Mm-hmm. I could Some days I couldn't work, and some days I could work as much as four well, sometimes six hours. Okay, okay. And mm-hmm. I did that for about three or four years as I was going about, but I started pursuing how to overcome this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. light therapy or the utilizing of, of coal laser mm-hmm. really helped me a lot. Interesting, okay. And so, um, you know, with a lot of the things you were mentioning, with right. acupuncture, with, um, you know, coal laser, with uh, adjustments, you know, with mm-hmm. massage, mm-hmm. with... Uh, good nutrition, you mm-hmm. know, and just starting mm-hmm. to feed. All of those things, I was able to recover. Nice. And now, I, I mean, I still have a diagnosis of it. I still have yeah. a peripheral neuropathy. Okay. Uh-huh. I still have symptoms that I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. But I'm able to, you know, I work 12, 14 hours, which is more than I should at times. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, what I'm able to do is I'm able to do everything except for I can't sprint Mm. and run i can run mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i just can't sprint mm. like i used to be able to I, okay. again as a professional yeah, athlete, right right far right where i was short from what i was able to do right but so i understand when people are having to go through a, a real difficult health problem mm-hmm. the importance of having to feed the recovery the importance of having to have the balance in the system to have a good nerve supply mm-hmm. i always tell my patients no matter what you have to face mm-hmm. you're better off having the a good nerve supply mm-hmm. than a bad one. Right. Because if the brain's in control, and that's the organ God gave you to control it, if mm-hmm. that's able to coordinate things, mm-hmm. you're much more likely to have a successful outcome than you are if you don't have that alignment. Well, we talk about, I mean, this this goes, uh, the analogy I use is like, look, I- imagine a plant, and there may be many things that are going on with that plant, but it, at its base, if the plant doesn't have good soil, water, and sunlight... Yep. No matter what else is going on with that plant, it, it that plant cannot be healthy, right? And even if you attend to everything else about that plant, but it doesn't have water, sun, and, and good soil, um, it's not going to. The plant's not going to make it. The leaves may be really pretty because of everything you did, but the plant itself will be dead because exactly. it doesn't have those things. And so, um, so for both you and I, you know, good nutrition for humans, it, the same as it is for plants, is one of those necessities. If your body doesn't have uh, the, the, all the nutrients and the things it needs, uh, it's just not going to work properly. And uh, so many other things. So let me ask you, uh, Dr. Bill, a question. There are many types of chiropractic. Like I've heard, and I'm far from a from an expert here in any way, but I hear Gonstead. I know there's activator technique. I know there's Atlas Orthogonal and, and probably a few dozen others. What what are all these different names? If someone is thinking of a chiropractor, do, do, does, do those things really matter? Tim, when you go play golf, mm-hmm. do you hit every shot with your putter? Right. Okay. In other words, there are different tools. Mm-hmm. There are different ways of being able to get the ball down the fairway and into the hole. Mm-hmm. In chiropractic, mm-hmm. uh, different individuals mm-hmm. have found different secrets that have helped certain individuals. Mm-hmm. Out of that, those experiences have developed, quote, a technique. Mm-hmm. They put a name on it, usually after the person that coined it or whatever. They put it after themselves. Right, right. A lot of arrogant people in my profession, unfortunately. <laughs> but anyhow, so you have yeah. different techniques. Uh-huh. The Gonstead technique, the Thompson technique, the okay. Blair technique. Mm-hmm. You know, And mm-hmm. then um, there are other 
what we call cervical specific techniques. Okay. That's a group of techniques where they adjust one bone. Mm-hmm. Remember I talked about the brain being the important. Well, what's the right. closest bone to the brain? Right. C1 or the atlas. Mm-hmm. And so there are atlas or C1 specific mm. adjustments. So okay. when they do that, they are use instrumentation or they'll try and do things so precise mm-hmm. with either their evaluation radiographically uh, sometimes stereo radiographically, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. They, they, their whole goal is to introduce a force on that bone so specifically that it releases or allows the brain to be able to get that information through that very first vertebrae. Mm. The head C1 joint is the number one place where motion, the most motion takes place. It's also the place where a lot of a lot of problems, problems. can occur. Okay. And mm-hmm. so therefore, by doing that, you can initiate a cascade of events where other bones will line up. Hmm. Those are your cervical-specific techniques. Okay, okay. And in that might be, you you uh, mentioned atlas orthogonal. Mm-hmm. There's a pedibon technique. Hmm. There's spinal biophysics. Uh, there's the sweat technique or atlas orthogonal. You'll see it okay. listed as that. Okay. Um, Grostic technique. Hmm. Uh, H-I-O technique. Those are all names of different things uh, that are coined. They're all quite similar in their philosophy. Okay. Now, Gonstead technique is Mm -hmm. adjusting full spine at the different segments. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. When I went to school at Sherman, it was more of a specific uh, adjusting, school for specific adjusting, Mm -hmm. and the H-I-O technique, which stands for hole-in-one. In other words, you could adjust the whole body mm. by affecting that one bone. Interesting. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. uh, but they also taught other techniques, but that was their main one that they emphasized. Mm-hmm. And so I have a strong understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are uh, techniques like the Cox technique, which is a flexion distraction technique, specifically powerful in helping people with disc conditions where there's disc mm. herniations. Mm. And so there's those. There's a Leander technique named after a fellow that actually invented the table with a mechanism of a flexion distraction different than the Cox table. Hmm. And those there's that there's those two which are disc techniques. Okay. And okay. so there's there's the uh, um, sacral occipital technique which deals with the occiput or the head right. and the pelvis as the two places that have the most movement so we'll just adjust those areas. Okay. Okay. And so my uh, rather than try and give you a full rundown of every technique, sure. what I'm trying to explain or to to answer to you mm-hmm. is that specific individuals have found that if I can move that bone and realign it by doing it this way, mm-hmm. I'll try and teach other people to do it this way. Sure, this may be something that may be apropos for this patient's condition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, like I said about, I use the analogy for golf. I don't hit every shot with my putter. I'll use my driver if I want to hit it a long ways. Right. Well, for different individuals, you have a geriatric patient, or how about even a baby who can't talk to you? Right. Okay, I'm going to adjust them a whole lot different than I am, you know, a 20-year-old athlete. Right. Okay. Right. And I may be able to be more aggressive and use more of aggressive, forceful adjustment technique because it will move the bones and result in getting that patient better faster. Okay. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's also non-force techniques. I haven't mm-hmm. even mentioned those yet. I'll group those together. Mm-hmm. And and I practice. I even have it. I have that in my golf bag too. Mm-hmm. Have, mm-hmm. In other words, that's a, a a toughness technique where I just use finger pressure. Hmm. With an instrument that's reading 
nerve interference or leakage of energy. It's a radiometer mm. developed by NASA. Hmm. And I can actually hold that uh, on either for kids or actually babies who can't talk to you. Right. And you can move your finger around until finally you can press on a bone that eliminates the energy leakage. Hmm. And therefore, it by doing that, the, it, it just gives the bone leverage in it. that You'll feel that bone just kind of move on over in little babies because they haven't been misaligned that long. Sure, sure, sure. So it's, hmm. a, it's a whole other concept. And again, another tool in the bag to be right. able to adjust. I'll, right. You get somebody that's got a fracture or geriatric patients in acute pain. They can't handle a forceful adjustment. Right. Well, I'm not going to, quote, crack them. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I want to adjust that one artfully. I want to get in there and be able to help the person. Right. I've got to get the bone moved opposite the way they're misaligned. Right. But let's just use constant held force, finger force or tension, mm-hmm. or use an activator, mm-hmm. a lower force technique, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or uh, a Laney instrument named after a chiropractor in Alabama, Laney. <laughs> I mean, there's all these yeah. different, you see, right. I mean, I have more names than you can even oh, think yeah, of. Oh, no, I'd I mean, imagine, no, right, sure. But sure. what I'm saying is this, is that Use the appropriate tool for that patient based upon their pain tolerances, where they're at, what they do, their condition, what's going to affect it the most. Right. Uh, here's an interesting, this is, this is some interesting facts. Okay. This is research has shown. Mm-hmm. A, 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 what a low force technique will not do that a aggressive forceful technique will do mm-hmm. is create inhibition to pain. Mm. And this is done neurologically, okay. mm-hmm. and it's called presynaptic inhibition of pain. Mm-hmm. And what it'll do, when you introduce the force, you create a real fast movement. Mm-hmm. That movement is then transferred and passed up to it through the cerebellum and into the top of the brain, mm-hmm. comes down through the periocteal gray rescinding reticular formation mm-hmm. into these, these, uh, into these uh, inhibitor, inhib- inhibitors, there we go, excuse me, Yep. Yep. these inhibitors of the pain, of the, they're, they're, mm-hmm. the pain thresholds, are, mm-hmm. they're, they're called nociceptors, mm-hmm. and it creates inhibition of those. So the people, it's like you lower that th- pain threshold, and so the people don't feel their pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that's tremendous. You're able to do that. Absolutely, and you can't do that with a higher force technique. So sometimes there's. You know, wait, 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 I want to make sure I understand. I, That's a low force technique that does that? I said it back. Okay, okay. The higher you, you do it with a higher force technique that the lower force techniques will not will not do. Do that. Okay, interesting. And so there are benefits of when to use high force and low force and you just have to, you know, you have to have a good skill and a good knowledge of it. The more right. knowledgeable and the more skilled you are at it, the better your results are going to be. So I think we're on the same page, Dr. Bill then in terms of you know, in my opinion, it's best to have a range of options because, again, no one tool. If You can be an expert in a hammer, and there's nothing wrong with being an expert in a hammer. Whenever someone truly needs a hammer, That's right. you're the best at it. But to try and help more people, you want to be really good with a hammer, but you also want to have a screwdriver and a, and a wrench and everything, too, because some people will need different techniques or tools. Exactly. So we'd say, again, if someone is out there and they're not in the Seattle area, but they're looking for a chiropractor, then all things being equal, we'd like to see a chiropractor who has different tools, who is not maybe specifically and fully specialized in only one technique. Would you agree with that? I I concur. I'm looking Mm -hmm. for somebody. You use the word good. Mm -hmm. All right. If no matter where you are, Mm -hmm. Pacific Northwest, in this city, 
East Coast, Midwest, whatever. Right. When you move there, number one is just start walking around and asking individuals, do you know a good chiropractor? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Do you know a good chiropractor? Why? Mm-hmm. When you start hearing the same name repeated over and over, multiple experiences, good people, and listen to the why. Right. Because it may be that they need you need the same golf club that that, that other person's right. using that they needed. So right, it's right. like, in, in essence, that same tool will be effective for you. Mm-hmm. Understand and realize that not everybody uh, needs the same exact technique or tools that, you, that you're going to require, but listen and see if they fit. Right. Uh, number two is it's always good. You usually, from a reputable chiropractor, you usually are able to go in mm-hmm. and do a consultation with that like, for example, I will try and have time spaced in my day for my receptionist to be mm-hmm. able to schedule people who just want to inquire. Right. Why? Because, well, you're looking at somebody that has MS, that's had all these different things happen to them in life, had a lot of health problems. And like I say, my passion is mm-hmm. to help people. Mm-hmm. Well, if they don't know if anything about chiropractic, right. to spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes with a patient, I mean, with a prospective patient or sure. a person that just wants to know about chiropractic, yep. that may help. I yep. also have a class, the one Lorelei mm-hmm. went to the mm-hmm. other night, mm-hmm. and I allow people to come into that. That's for all of my patients. It's a group thing, and they can right. in and sit because you can learn a lot about chiropractic in an hour. Right. And right. so those are the things that are there so that when they're going to go look, Mm-hmm. Find somebody reputable, all mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. You may want to look and see: are they, uh, you know, do they have an association membership? Right. You also, in our state, I think now you can Google the person and see if they have any claims against them. So you right. get a chance of their history too. Right. Right. So you can find if they're reputable in that way. Right. But the most important thing is, is, is see if they and they have that consultation with them and see if they, if they fit somebody you feel comfortable with. Because number one is, is they. I like to make sure if I have a doc that they have some human relation skills and that I, f- I just feel comfortable with that person well yeah we talk we talk all the time that it, it, the two sides of it i guess from from the from evaluating a doctor one you want to know that they have the skills necessary to mm-hmm. to help you with your issue two you want to be sure that it, as a human being you have at least a a, a good human being to human being connection with that person because uh, you know study after study has shown that bad bedside manner as it's called right sure. um you know really do negatively impact the outcomes that patients get and this is even you know for things like surgeries people when there's not that good relationship people's outcomes are worse when the relationship is good the results that people get so not only you know are are they good at what they do but do you personally have a good connection with them and I, i can say you know in my practice i found that the people that i can't forge a connection with basically never get the results that we're looking for, mm-hmm. you know. So it is so critically important um, that uh, you have a chance to meet with that person and y- you get a sense of at least: um, Are you confident that they can help you? And then do you know? Do you feel comfortable or, or with your relationship with that person? If neither, if you can't say yes to both of those things, then you should move on mm-hmm. and find another practitioner to help you out. And my experience is is that you know if you're husband or your mm-hmm. wife is mm-hmm. in, you know as a, as a married couple if mm-hmm. you're married mm-hmm. you know and they're involved with what's going to be an expenditure for a, a health care of some type right sometimes a woman is very intuitive can see things that the man can't see. absolutely right sometimes the man is more concerned is the 
uh, supervisor of the budget you right. know, or whatever it is, and right. he has certain interests. And I've I, I just been in business long enough, and I feel yeah. comfortable in my skin to sit down with whomever yeah. and find out where you're at, what your needs, what do you want. Right. Uh, you know, can I really serve them? I want right. to please people. Yeah. I, you know, if I've got somebody I don't think I'm going to be a match with, I have. it's not beyond me to be able to say, you know, I I might I know of somebody that this I would recommend this other chiropractor right right I think you might feel more comfortable with him so oh, it that, just depends absolutely you just you really have to and I'm sure you you're in that you seem like you're have yeah. that similar type of a yeah of a of a, a, a what's the word I want to say a, a, a bent That's well more more and I'll tell you you know over my years of practice I mean this has really become more and more clear to me um, that that it is equally as important to screen out the people that you're just not a good fit with that you know that it is not going to be even from the most selfish level for me that this is not going to be a good investment of my time and energy and skill set in trying to help this person. On the other side, this is not going to be a good investment of their time and their money and their right. energy. And we're both going to come out of this. If we try to, if I try to force this relationship, we're both going to come out of it poorer for the experience, right? right? And so it's been more and more about turning people away of saying, listen, in the same way, there's plenty of good naturopaths, um, you know, and we can hook you up with someone better, or you know what, maybe even this approach is not going to be the best one for you. I was just having a discussion yesterday um, with a patient um, and, and their immediate family about whether this is really the best approach or in this case, whether, you know, a more pharmacy, even though it, you and I can talk all day, but in this particular case, whether a pharmaceutical approach made more sense for where this person is in their life and their preferences and what was going on. Um, and, and, you know, they went away to have a good hard think about whether this was really the approach that they wanted to take. Because uh, again, you know, my experience, if, Everybody is not on board. And so I'll also speak, you know, I'll speak to your piece that I have seen more, you know, the generalization is we see more women than men because uh, just women in general um, are more uh, active in their healthcare. Men tend to wait until, you know, something's fallen off their body, basically, classically, before. Uh, before they come in, right? Uh, so more often than not, we're seeing women, and we always try to get their spouse or their partner um, to come in with them because inevitably, I've found when the, when this if the spouse is actively hostile to this course of action, no matter how much the, the actual the person wants it, um, it it's not going to work out. You know exactly. It's one of the reasons I was telling you earlier why I would have a, a if they have a couple to have everybody come in. Because, right, right. Uh, and in fact, let's go back even further when you're asking, well, what would a person do when they're looking for a chiropractor? Right. When you do, you're, I, I think the questions that mm -hmm. you should uh, um, come to see each chiropractor or prospective chiropractor that you're going to have as, mm -hmm. as somebody that's going to treat you mm -hmm. is, is you want to ask them questions like, okay, uh, what's your what's your philosophy, what's your approach or whatever mm -hmm. it is, mm -hmm. but, you know, why do you think you can help me? Or or if you think you could possibly help me, right. how will you know? Right. And you'll get an idea. Are they going to evaluate you radiographically? Mm -hmm. I certainly don't believe in a non-X-ray approach. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's that's one I would I would run from somebody because mm -hmm. I don't want somebody pushing on my bones just randomly. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, number two is 
um, you know, when, how long am I going to have to come? When am I going to, you know, in other mm-hmm. words, have a plan or an approach. Right. Have somebody that's going to do some periodic reevaluation mm-hmm. and do that soon enough that you're not going to be extended for a lengthy period of time. Right. There should be an initial period where, when will I know I'm getting better? Right. And I was going to ask you about that, if there are any general guidelines, because, you know, some people are saying, well, you know, I've heard the stories, well, my chiropractor said I need 50 adjustments, and then they'll assess and see where I am. And, and, you know, uh, they have no idea where they are. So do you have a general sense of, you know, when should someone start questioning whether they've chosen the right approach or whether they're going to, they're getting any results out of this? Is, is there anything we can share with people? I don't know if I can give you a specific guide. I can give you right. a general guide. Okay. A okay. guide general is helpful. What yep. I have found from the professional mm-hmm. standpoint mm-hmm. is I want to be accountable to my patients. Yep. So I tell them, okay, I know mm-hmm. you're in the crisis phase right here. You have, okay. Now, when do I think you're going to see, uh, are you going to be able to recognize that my symptoms are decreasing? Right. I think that's going to happen within the first, you know, 10 days, or I think that's okay. going to happen by the end of this week. Okay. Depending mm-hmm. on how serious of course. their symptoms. Of course. And, and also the how many how much dysfunction functionally is going on. Okay. And then... A word that you might know allostatically, I evaluate the patient. How many mm-hmm. systems are involved? Mm-hmm. How, how long have they had this? Are they worn down? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. is it, do they have a good uh, ability to be able to bounce back? So do they speak? What is their constitution? Like? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to evaluate that internally. But but the the key thing I'm going to say is, you know, within within a couple of weeks mm-hmm. window, you should be seeing improvement. Okay. I mean, that's, that's generally what I see. Generally. Now, I have yep. patients that adjust and they go, Doc. My pain's gone. I'm, I, I uh-huh. hate that. Because <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. if they come from us where they're used to taking a pill, or they do that immediately in their mind. It's so hard to convince them they have anything else wrong with them because right. their pain left. Right. And when I say I hate it, I mean I don't really hate it. But what I'm saying is, I go, no, you're. I, I, it's hard to can to right. re-educate them to the right thinking. Right. Because it's going to come back and and then. The second or third time that they go through this, they it takes time for them to realize, oh, I now understand what you're saying. Right. So, and and we have the same issue yeah. where you, you know on, on one level you're overjoyed because you know that that thing that was was wrecking that patient's life is much better. But again, yeah, if they get really fast, really easy results, um, you know, again, typically then uh, you know they'll stop on my end. They'll stop doing everything that that got them those results, sure. and then I'll see them again in three months, six months, a year, or even a couple down the road. And then we find that hey, look, actually the problem is worse than it was before uh, because you thought you had a quick resolution and then you ignored it. Um, Meanwhile, that dysfunction, that disease process just kept going because it really was never truly taken out at the root and and dealt with. The only thing you can do is send them a polite note. They've, you know, they've, well, I'm, I'm fine. You know, they walked away and, and just uh, make sure that they know your door is always open because, you know, if you're really interested in their lives, yeah, Bottom line is, is you know that you're correct in your thinking. Gravity doesn't take any days off. Right. It's not going away. <laughs> it's still there. Mm-hmm. And if they had the structure affected them and they and you gave them an adjustment and it gave them relief and they haven't corrected the imbalance in the muscles, what's going to happen? It'll, it'll return. Yeah. yeah. And so you just want to make sure that at least you can introduce that first truth. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, this is going to come back until you correct what the cause. Right. So let's get to the cause. And so... 
teaching people to be cause oriented rather than symptom oriented is is what we're it's one of our our goals that we have it's just one of the things that we have to tackle yeah and yep. so but it's exciting and the bottom line is if, if it, and it's, everything we've shared today is 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 you know it's it's thrilling to be able to say here have some of your life back mm-hmm. now go do the things you want to do mm-hmm. and for different people it happens at different speeds but there should always be it's why I do for in our office we try and do at a minimum, that first reevaluation at about one month, mm-hmm. so we know functionally and structurally are they on the right path of improving. They won't mm-hmm. be corrected totally yet, sure. But you should see it. You should be. They should be able to feel it or note it symptomatically. But when you evaluate it structurally, I'm able to bend this far now. I'm able to go and do this test, and it didn't give me pain. I'm able to twist, and it didn't give me pain. I now can compress and there's no pain or mm-hmm. there is pain mm-hmm. on that, but there isn't on movement. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That you just start to see function starting to come back. Yeah. And there are signs of that. And anybody that's reputable should be doing periodic reevaluations to show you that. And you just want to be able to answer the questions people have, be accountable sure. to them. Because sure. they say, well, do I need to go? You say, well, here's where you're at. You, you know, this is what's gotten better. Right. This is what hasn't. And if you quit, this is what your cause are. Right. You just, you know, my job is to communicate. I right. let them make choices. They're right. adults. Right, right. And so you just need to be able to be there and love on them right. and have the door always open. And eventually they'll realize that you really were right mm-hmm. and you're interested in them. And that's where I think the, the that's where the long-term relationships, that's what I really love about my practice more than anything else is yeah. you've got you've got basically friends right. for the rest of your life that you're just helping them solve a problem. Right. And, and you know, and, and that's one of the things we see, you know, the, the idea of the old time family doctor, like the, uh, the, the MD in that case, who, who may do home visits or they may travel around, or at the very least, you know, uh, maybe your grandmother went to see them, your mother went to see them. Now you go to see them. Maybe your kids go to see them like that, that family, the tradition of the family doctor um, has been mostly just completely wiped out, at least in far in the medical field. And I know with the, the you know, the really short visits, when you talk to MDs, one of their ch- complaints is, you know, I have no time to get to know the person. It's, you, you know, that that common complaint. Well, uh, you, you know, Bill is a 62 year old, uh, you know, man with MS, and that's all they, they know about you or any something like that, right? It's not mm-hmm. Bill loves golfing or Bill does this or Bill does that, and this is what brings joy to his life. These are the things he hates, the, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And that, that special um, joy that I think you and I are privileged enough when you build those relationships with people. Um, not only do they get better care, but it makes the job so much more rewarding as well. Exactly. You're treating a person. Right. You're not treating, and and that's another question I might. Uh, you just reminded me of yeah. something I might ask a doctor. Yeah. How long do you spend with your patients mm-hmm. each visit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I I spend two minutes. You know, I when I was first came out to the state of Washington and started practicing, I mm-hmm. was a associate doctor with a with a doctor in Bellevue, and I won't mention his name. Mm-hmm. It doesn't serve any purpose, but mm-hmm. he was so interested in money that you had two minutes with the patient. Sure. I, I came in the room. They were already laying face down. I checked. Check, check, check this and that as I asked him a couple questions, adjusted them, and had to be out of the room in two minutes. Yeah, and he yeah. sat there with a stopwatch in the Gosh. hall and timed me. <laughs> and we saw, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I had one day, I actually saw 135 patients in yeah. one day. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I realized, I said, this is wrong. This yeah. is not. And, yeah. and so what I'm saying is there are docs in my profession that are mm-hmm. may not be that but but they're 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 
rapidity as far as it goes. There's no, I'm a relational person. Right. So we definitely are, you want to look and evaluate your chiropractor on how long, you know, some people, that's all I want. I want two minutes in and out, but there's no, there's no education. There's, it's, right. it's just a, um, kind of a, a crisis therapy type of a thing. And right. So, Right. Well, ultimately, right. If they don't change their function, if they don't change all the support, all the, you know, what we said, the muscles and the, the connective tissues and all those other pieces, you know, the bones, the, 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 if they don't change the function, the structure won't hold. And then the adjustments just become like you were talking earlier, kind of just, just trying to, un, you're constantly trying to undo what they keep doing sure. to their system. And so, you know, people would be saying, well, do I need to get adjusted for the rest of my life? And the all the time, and the answer would be, well, unless you change the function, then yes. Well, my answer right? to everybody is yes. <laughs> it's right. just, is it is it once a month, once every two months? Right. Are you a Dick Brenning, which is a, a patient of mine, he's, he's since passed probably mm-hmm. about 15 years ago, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as long as I saw Dick, he was a Boeing engineer and, he he would come in and uh, never he never had I check him mm-hmm. I never I hardly ever adjusted him. <laughs> I, I couldn't yeah. believe I said how do you avoid gravity what do you do uh-huh. and it was he was an engineer and I thought do you know something I don't know uh, you know uh-huh. I was an interesting man but I was like there are people mm-hmm. that that I see once every four months mm-hmm. you know just occasionally and I do a little bit they just they have they have balanced out. Maybe once every couple of years, I might x-ray those people just mm-hmm. to make sure mm-hmm. there's not something there that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. But they're exceptions. You know, mm-hmm. most people with the stress and strain of our society and mm-hmm. all the all the compression of what we do in there and the activities we have and the lack of health habits, mm-hmm. it leads to recurring health problems. And so that's why I say right. everybody needs care. Right. You know, everybody needs to come to the naturopath for the right. rest of their life. Right. Now, how often do we need to come depends upon our health level and where we're at. Correct. So correct. It's yeah. Just, it's like your car. Right. Everybody's got tires in their car. Well, how often should you align them? Well, it depends if you slide around the corner, <laughs> run into curbs, or end up going in and out of chuck holes. Right, right. You might need it more often than the person that drives a little more sanely. Right, so right, right. It's that same type of thing. How, how do you take care of your body? Nice. And yeah. We just touched on one other thing mm-hmm. that's very, very important that somehow mm-hmm. I forgot and I just mm-hmm. thought about it. Sure. And that's the idea is also important to do is to teach the patient because they're a steward of their own temple or their own body. Sure. Take care of themselves. And one of those things right. is exercises every day on their own. Right. Not just when I'm in my rehab department. Right. But there are things they can do at home every day. What do you do when you first get up? What do you do before you go to bed? Mm-hmm. You know, those things are important. What mm-hmm. do you do to, you know, if you do get some strain or stress, what things for this patient, what exercises is the best one of all the things I'm giving you that if you go back into pain, do two or three of these. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, if, in other words, there's other individuals that one for it's a low back, somebody else it's the neck. You know, I just teach people lean into a corner and stretch back. You right, know, right. The, my secretaries and, and desk, you know, mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. over a desk. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it just every, they're all individuals. And I say, that's the thrill we have. Right. Our patients are individuals. That's right. why relationship is important. Absolutely. You're treating a person. <laughs> Anything that we haven't covered? Um, oh, uh, one, I know you probably, you know, deal with this misconception a lot, but um, the, the most common one I hear is I'm afraid to get my neck adjusted. Are they going to break my neck or, or, you know, there was this myth going around that you would cause strokes for people and everything. So um, can you briefly uh, touch on that one? Yes. Number one is, is one of the reasons why you take film on a person. Mm-hmm. I x-ray them before. Mm-hmm. That's why I said mm-hmm. I wouldn't go see somebody that wouldn't 
that would adjust me and wouldn't take the film. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to look at, are there contraindications for the adjustment? Mm-hmm. There are people that there are contraindications for the adjustment. The gentleman, for example, mm-hmm. with the multiple myeloma. Right. There are people that have uh, a certain condition with a fracture or whatever, and mm-hmm. you adjust their neck, mm-hmm. and you could kill them. Mm-hmm. All right? I mm-hmm. will say that. Mm-hmm. They're very rare, mm-hmm. but there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, do... Uh, there's this thing in the media right now, and I get—I I just have to laugh at it because it, it's so uh, contrary to the reality of what the truth is and what the facts are about chiropractic adjustment. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about stroke. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Have chiropractors adjusted and have there been people that had stroke? Yes. Okay. All right. That mm-hmm. has happened. Mm-hmm. But what's what they found is is from a statistical standpoint, there are more people that have gone to the medical doctor that have had strokes. And 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 that have occurred, that then have gone to chiropractic. Sure, now, sure. One thing you probably didn't realize in our statistics, mm-hmm. chiropractic statistics, mm-hmm. if a brother adjusts his brother, of mm-hmm. a, a man adjusts his wife, the neighbor adjusts somebody. Mm-hmm. Those all are chiropractic adjustments. Okay. And those statistics from those incidents get thrown in with ours. Hmm. I always ask people who has the lowest malpractice insurance. Mm. Chiropractors. Mm. Okay. Why? Lowest incident. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, there you have the body is so intricate. Mm-hmm. You have to have a respect for it. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to X-ray and, and do an analysis before you introduce an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Look for contraindications. Now, if I've got somebody from a functional standpoint that every time they tip their head back they get lightheaded, mm-hmm. that's not a person I'm going to introduce it for. But there are other instrument adjustments mm-hmm. that you can adjust that person. Uh, with the instruments, mm-hmm. and it's not dangerous whatsoever. Mm. And so my my point is this. Mm-hmm. It's another idea. But for somebody to be afraid of the forceful adjustment mm-hmm. is wrong mm. because that helps more people percentage-wise. And it, remember I was telling you about lowering your pain threshold. Right. Mm-hmm. It also... Uh, can stimulate the the sympathetic. Uh, it's a balance of the autonomic nerve system, right? And I, I'd have to get into that, but it's it's also another benefit of the overall health mm-hmm. uh, as far as how you affect the systemic nerve system, and mm. it's all your organs. Mm-hmm. That's a that increases your overall health. Mm. And so uh, I I int- when I have somebody that's concerned about that, I I can I adjust and use the different tools. I'll begin and, and um, start with w- whichever level they are at for what we can use as mm. far as the tools to help them mm-hmm. the techniques when i use mm-hmm. the tools mm-hmm. start mm-hmm. with that then i will, i'm going to try and teach them and explain to them i would use this technique because this could be better for you for this mm-hmm. i would use this technique because it'd be better for this mm-hmm. and i might use uh, five or six different techniques on them through the course of treatment sure. because they entered but but going back to our question you just have to look at the person mm-hmm. and evaluate them mm-hmm. and see are there contraindications for adjustments. Right. Generally, when you have people that ever do that, I mean, you know, do you go to bad doctors? People have done surgeries, and you know, it means don't go to doctors. Right. And and I tell patients, don't you, you can perform millions of adjustments and not have an incident. You know, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for what is it, thirty six years now. Mm-hmm. I've not had an incident at all. But then mm-hmm. I'm, I. I respect the body. Sure. There's a sensible way of approaching it. There's Mm -hmm. a responsible way of approaching it. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, know whomever you see is responsible. Right. And and there's a sane and and responsible and professional way to get the best results, and that's what you're looking for. (laughs) Those are the kind of 
chiropractors you want to see. There are good and bad in every profession. Absolutely. And uh, and so I'm just saying, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Absolutely. So. That is a good ending. So we will bring things to a close today. So again, Dr. Bill Weber at Health Source of Kirkland. If you are in the greater Seattle area, we recommend you check him out. And uh, if you want to give the office a call, Lorelai would be happy also to talk about her experience. I know she's just been raving about Dr. Bill and his staff. Glad we could have you here to talk today. Your passion for the medicine is really apparent, Dr. Bill. And uh, you've obviously, because you put in a lot of years as a chiropractor, if it, well, if you didn't have that passion, uh, you still wouldn't be doing it. So the other thing I would like to do is mm-hmm. to invite anybody that has uh, it's it's complimentary or mm-hmm. free. But mm-hmm. if you uh, call my office, Health Source of Kirkland, four two five eight two seven zero four two two, and just schedule. You can be added to the list. We'll we'll have a chair for you and mm-hmm. be scheduled. Mm-hmm. You can come to the complimentary hour of power i call it you know it's where we're we're able to teach people about chiropractic and health sure and that's that's my free service to the community and so uh you can you can call and and get included with that it's it's just your way of being able to expand your knowledge about the profession nice nice and uh one last thing you can find him at healthsourceofkirkland.com so the website with all that information healthsourceofkirkland.com All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Bill. Appreciated your time and uh, all the wisdom you've shared with us. Thank you, Dr. Tim. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, that wraps up another episode of the Aspire Natural Health podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you've subscribed to us over at iTunes. You can also check us out at our website, www.aspirenaturalhealth.com. That's Aspire as in A-S. P-I-R-E naturalhealth.com. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash aspire natural health or check out our library of videos over at YouTube. Just go over to YouTube and punch in aspire natural health. You'll find us there. So a couple great more ways you can check out our free educational materials. At Aspire Natural Health, we are experts at treating gut dysfunctions, autoimmune diseases, and other hard-to-treat cases. If you that's you or someone you know, you can always contact us and schedule a free 15-minute consult with myself and find out if we are the right fit and we can help you out with your issues. So simply check us out, check out our website. Again, that's www.aspirenaturalhealth.com or give us a call at 425-202. 7849. You can set up that free 15-minute consult. All right, folks, until we meet again, take care.